0: Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts in nothing talk about everything. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at some of history's closest calls events that shaped the world, whether we were aware or not. Catastrophe is around every corner, and sometimes all it takes is a split second decision or a cool head in the room to prevent disaster. So get ready for the final countdown, because today, two random men are going to discuss close calls. Here comes the boom! <music> I know what happened to you this week. Why don't you tell the people what happened to you,
1: man? <laughs> okay, so this was a little crazy, man. So I'm leaving work, and I'm sitting at a stoplight. Like they tell you not to do, I'm sitting there, I'm jacking with my radio. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's nobody around me, no cars behind me. Uh, I have to cross one lane to get over into the next lane through this light, okay? Got it. So I'm sitting there, messing with my uh, radio. Actually, it was a Tiffany's song. Oh, i think we're alone now i think we're alone now yes <laughs> and light turned green i didn't realize it right away and i looked up i was like oh crap i need to go well i think that actually saved my ass because i started to go through it and i look over to my right and i noticed the semi truck and he is barreling down fast and hard and i'm like man there's no way he's gonna be able to stop at this yeah, at this light usually when you're turning
0: left into a lane you kind of do your right check and then turn and Look into the
1: lane you're yeah. going into. Yeah, and I was like, "There's, there's no way this guy is going to be able to stop." And kind of one of those things, you know, your mind goes through a, a billion places in a split second. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you can't formulate a sentence, and sometimes you can't remember a birthday or whatever. But in a certain, me all the time. In certain, <laughs> in certain circumstances, you can go through a billion things in your mind in an instant, and that's what it did with me. Like I that doesn't look right. A base of action. I was rolling through and. I look over and I see this truck. He's coming way too fast. I know there's no way he's going to stop. I look towards the back end of the truck and I see smoke coming out of it. Uh-oh. And I look on the tail end of it and I can actually see flames coming out of the back end of his trailer.
0: So things are going well for this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> at this point, I can already see the fear in this guy's face as so, he's barely oh, down. Damn, at me. he was right up on you. Yeah. And so I just turned the wheel as sharp as I could to the left and went off down into the bar ditch. Ooh and this guy of course he's doing the swerving thing back and forth the whole truck and trailer and he has one of those trailers it wasn't like a like an enclosed trailer or a flatbed it was one of those weird like feed ones that kind of look like a football with the weird thing on the back end end of it Mm -hmm. i don't know what they actually call them but uh there was nothing he could do so i don't know i don't know if he was doing the swerving because he was losing control or if he was trying to slow down his momentum sounds
0: like he lost his tractor brakes and locked up his trailer brakes trying to slow himself down like throwing an anchor out that's
1: kind of what i was thinking like
0: that's what caught on fire locked him up and that's why yeah
1: and that's what was flaming in the back he had no control and like i said i I was kind of thinking maybe he was doing the swerving thing to kind of slow his momentum down a little bit maybe but he might have just lost control too i don't know yeah because i'm sure that guy was panicking too i mean oh yeah
0: he's coming up to an intersection and he can't stop
1: yeah and so like i said i just Uh, i just cranked the wheel as hard as i could to the left and just bar ditched you know, dived into it, and he... You still you know, feel that and, wind rush as he oh, blew past oh, you? Oh, yeah, man. He blew by me. He was, I mean, oh, he wasn't going super fast, because the speed limit right in that area was about 45, but it's also where, once you hit that light, then it builds up to, like, 55. So I'm sure, you know, he was probably still going about 45 when he blew he blew Fast there.
0: enough for a semi-truck to Uh,
1: Yeah, with all that weight behind him and everything. Do all the damage it can do. And so, this dude missed me by... I could, it could have been a, the adrenaline, but it felt like he missed me by inches. Yeah. Um, to, uh, like I said, enough to where, yes, it definitely shook the truck. Even with me sitting in the bar ditch, it still shook my truck a little mm. bit. And he finally came to a grinding, screeching stop, probably about 100, 150 yards down from me. And so I immediately jumped out of my truck and I kind of looked at him I kind of raised my hands up in the air. And I'm like, like, hey, are you okay? Type thing. You know, not like I, I wasn't mad. Yeah. Obviously it wasn't this guy's fault. (laughs) There's a lot of shit going wrong here. So I kind of raised my hands up and I was like, kind of waved at him or whatever. And he kind of like waved me off and kind of nodded and had his fire extinguisher and was going to the back of his truck and was putting out a fire on the back of it. And so I walked back to my truck and I kind of walked around it and made sure everything was okay. And luckily man, everything was fine. Like uh, we've had all this rain. So I guess I just kind of hit the soft, wet grass. Mm-hmm. and just kind of squished sh- down in there <laughs> in the safety of the ditch yeah exactly so i got in my truck and i took off and i slowly passed by him looking at him again kind of gave him a nod he kind of gave me a nod he'd put the fire out and it was one of those things to where i was probably i don't know a couple miles down the road before like my brain was like are we going to acknowledge what just happened the, <laughs> like, the adrenaline minute, started to wear no off minute, and you're like oh shit that really just took what place what the hell was that and then like yeah the adrenaline, I guess, left, and I was like, oh, God. Like, oh, shit, what just happened to me? Oh, my Jesus. And the crazy thing, that is a very busy intersection. There was nobody. It was me and this guy, and that was Thank it. Thank goodness. This yeah. Is, oh, People yeah. talk about angels on your
0: shoulders and stuff. It's like somebody was, you're it, messing with the radio like they say not to do, and you probably annoyed people a thousand times when you're messing with your radio in an intersection. Yep. Yeah, if
1: you'd have been one second further yeah, out I, into the intersection. because, yeah. I mean, if I would have pulled out just a little bit sooner, I probably wouldn't have thought about him if you I would have never seen him. him. If I wouldn't even if him, have even seen him, yeah, You exactly. would never seen him. And then he would have blown through. And, of course, you know, I would have pulled out and not stopped, you know, I wouldn't have just jumped on the gas and taken off. I would uh, have just done it. You'd have yeah. been smashed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If he oh. wouldn't have T-boned me, he would have definitely caught me hard Even in the back.
0: if he hit you in the rear, there's, there's – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Numerous pictures of what semi trucks can do to other vehicles like said, running it, them over it from happened behind. happened
1: right after work oh, let oh. out. So, I mean, that's whenever we have, you know, 50, 60 vehicles, they're all leaving at the same time. And this happened just right after, right after that. Thank goodness it was you, not like a little old person yeah. or somebody, somebody that wouldn't have been paying attention. Wouldn't have been
0: paying attention as much as you were. I mean, that's, yeah. The scenario was
1: I, just right. After it was all said and done, yeah, I'm actually glad that it happened to someone like me. And not a lot of other people because they wouldn't they wouldn't have caught it. That's spooky
0: how that happened. You know your day's going just fine and then oh sh- like that that would have been it. Yeah, that would have
1: been game over. Yep, yeah. So I definitely dodged a bullet on that one and uh, I I actually went back shortly after because uh, I had to go pick my son up. Mm-hmm. So I went pick Jackson up and I came back through just to make sure to see if the dude was still there or what. And he wasn't. You could still see, you know, on the ground where oh, he tire marks tire marks and metal and a bunch of other just some looked like some uh, lost some fluids, that kind of thing. But he wasn't there anymore, so I'm assuming he's fine. So that's great. One of those, yeah, if there's going to be an accident, at least it worked out that way where nobody was hurt. Scary shit, man. People don't realize, like, semi-trucks
0: can't just stop. And people drive, like, jackasses around them. And it's just... Yep.
1: Yeah, situational awareness. Situational no one, awareness. No one is going on around you because that could have been bad. If you're driving next to one one of those tires
0: pop, they could take out your window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easy. Just give them their space. Give them their space.
1: Yep. It's that simple. Yep. So that was uh, definitely my close call. That was a close call. Yeah, my close call for the day. Ah. Yeah. Well, what do you
0: think we should do with the rest of this episode, sir? Are you thinking historic close calls? I like it. I say we do a couple of historic close calls. Okay, you want to go first? Well, why the hell not? Go for it. Okay, this is going to be a little... uh, We're not a historical show. When we were first talking about doing a podcast, remember I came to you and was like, I think I want to do a podcast, and I think I want to do a history podcast. And you're Mm -hmm. like, groovy. Yeah, you you could probably pull that off. I love history. We're semi-history, Bob. We love history. We just... mm, Yeah. Yeah. So, when I get into this story... Those of you that are history buffs, please don't eat me alive. I'm just kind of giving a generalization of what happened. Mm-hmm. But I would like to talk about the Battle of Agincourt, which Sounds for cool. most people is one of the most famous medieval battles of all time. Hmm. Okay. Medieval times. All right. Medieval times. Yes. So King Henry V had just recently been crowned king. He was only 26 years old. Okay. Okay. He was looked at as the son of a usurper because his dad had overthrown the King of England. Prior to this. So there's already some kind of bad taste in the mouth of the English moving forward for him. So he had a lot to prove. This is right at the end of the Hundred Years' War with France. Okay. Okay. So he decides he's going to go down to France, big dick swinging, take back the land. First off, they send um, an ultimatum to them and says, hey, look, give us back all the land that you've taken from us in the course of the Hundred Years' War. We want you to pay, I think it was three million or 300 million crowns to us. And I want the hand of the princess of France. Okay. Demands. Yes. Demands. (laughs) He's he's, he's coming now. He's coming hard. They're like, not only no, but hell no. Cause he was asking for like half of France back. Hmm. It was the equivalent of half of France. So he sails across the English channel and he's got about 11,000 in his forces, right? They sail into France and immediately attacked Hoffler. They siege that. Things are going pretty well, but it took way longer than expected. So he's down on men. He's down on provisions. Uh, not in good shape. Thought he would be way further along. So he's being advised, hey, we need to go back to England. We need to regroup. And he's like, no, 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 we're already here. That's a bad look. Just come over and, and, and take one little spot. So what they decide they're going to do is make their way, instead of going to Paris, which was the goal, was to go to Paris and siege Paris and take over, they decided they're going to start moving their way up the French coast. And they're going to try to go to Calais, which is under English rule at the time, so it's kind of a safe haven along the French coast. Okay. So we're going to make our way up there. Okay. Well, the French are having none of this, and they outnumber, outgun, stronger cavalry. Because by this time, he's got, like, no cavalry. Mm-hmm. So he's making his way. Well, they keep cutting him off, and he keeps having to, like, move further inland and just keeps getting the run trying to make it there. They march for 200 miles before they're just like, we've got to make a break for Calais. we got We got to get there. We're getting cut off. Mm-hmm when everything comes to a head at the Castle of Agincourt. Which is where we get the title. Which is where we get the yes. title. okay. Yes.
1: I'm with you. i so, Okay, you following this?
0: <laughs> okay, you got a 26-year-old hothead down there, got something to prove. Give me my shit. Just making demands that the French are not going to adhere to. So when they meet up at Agincourt, they meet the French across the field. It's surrounded on both sides by hills and heavily, heavily wooded areas. The French are in the numbers are debated through historians. No one can agree on what it was, but the best consensus everybody can kind of get was it was about 6,000 English to 12,000 or more French.
1: Hmm.
0: So two to one. Yeah. And the French are fully rested. They all have full provisions, full bellies. They've got a cavalry that kicks ass, men-at-arms, archers, all this stuff. This is a no-win situation. This is bad, bad, bad deal. It's like shit. We're cornered. We've got to make it through this, you know. There's no way around. So they both set up camps, and everything's quiet. And it's kind of just that gentleman's like, mm, you know, there was come. a little bit of little bit of back and forth in the night of
1: people fucking with each yeah, other. Calm before the storm, though. basically. Calm before the yeah. storm. They know yeah. it's coming. Okay. It's like yeah.
0: this is stand your ground. The English are starving. They're tired. They're sick. Like I said they just marched for two hundred miles. The French are over there, like wandering around in front. It's and it, a lot of it's noblemen. It was mostly nobility, that was over there running the show. For the French? So they're, Yeah, for the French. So they're walking around. They're eating in front of them, laughing, having a good time, <laughs> drinking and all this. And Henry's telling his boys, nope, we're going to remain vigilant. I know they're going to come for us in the night, which they did, which was just a little bit of touch and go. Just yeah. try it, poking them, poking yep. the bear. Hey, the bear. what yeah. you got?
1: I don't know. At this point, it sounds like more like poking a cub. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's like nobody really thought they were going to be able to do anything. It's like, look at the starving little guys over there. Yeah, nobody, especially the French. Yeah. Yes. So, the next morning, everybody forms their lines, and then it's a standstill for hours. Just everybody staring across the field, hmm. tossing insults back and forth. You know, it's staring contest. Red Rover, yes, yeah, staring contest. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> try it. What you gonna do? Well, here's the part where I'm getting into why it's a close call. It had rained and rained and rained and rained. So this field that had recently been plowed was muddy as hell. Hmm. So Henry sends his archers. He's got his men at arms right in the middle and then groups of archers on them, right? On the flanks. Well, on the far flanks, he sent archers guerrilla style into the wooded area to go further ahead. Under secret,
1: very dangerous though because they probably had guys patrolling the woods. Never got caught. So at this point, they're kind of almost making almost a half-moon kind of shape. Yes, they're, yeah. f- they're, flanking, they're flanking them. like old-school yep.
0: style flanking
1: them. <clears throat> okay. They sit for a while. Nothing's going on.
0: King Henry decides, let's march about 200 yards in, 250 yards in. We're going to get within arrow range. What the English did have on their side, the French didn't have, was the longbow. Okay? hmm Shoots farther, fires heavier arrows. It's actually able to penetrate armor, which the French did not have. So they've got these yeomen on the English side. So they march within the distance and start pelting them. Hey, hey motherfuckers, come on. What you going to do? What you going to do? <laughs> poking them in the chest. You know, yeah. if it was a bar fight situation, yep. poking them in the chest. Where the French messed up was they sent out the cavalry first, which was how you did shit back then. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw out the big guns. We're just going to stomp you all into the dirt, run you over. And we'll probably just put this over. We'll be back at home. Yeah. By we're, dinner time. We're going we're back to see Yeah. I almost said Betty, but I don't think that's very French. Betty? Maybe it is. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, the archers had also planted spikes in the ground, which they hadn't done at the previous battles. Oh. So they didn't know this was going on. So every time they advanced, they dig their pikes out of the ground, move forward, reinsert them for the explicit reason of catching that fucking cavalry. Hmm. And they played right into their hands. So they send out the cavalry first. Cavalry gets close. All those longbowmen start pelting them. They're like, holy shit, this is going through our armor. Mm-hmm. So they start to panic. And they're running back and forth, side to side, trying to figure out what to do. What do you think's happening to that muddy field that was just already muddy and plowed More and more torn up. Just, more yeah, and more yeah. mucky. More and more deep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you got these horses running crazy. They, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. injuring horses. All this stuff's going on. It's, it's total panic mode. They go back. They said, ah, pull back the cavalry. This shit ain't working. So then they send in the men at arms, the heavy... The heavy guns on foot. Mm-hmm. These guys are in full plate armor, having to march hundreds of yards through muck that's mm. knee deep, and they let them get closer and let them get closer, and then unleash hell with the longbowmen again from the woods that are surrounding them, and they just start a fucking massacre on these cats. Oh, <laughs> and they can't go anywhere. They can't go. They, yeah. yeah, they're by the time they even get to the front line, they're exhausted. Yeah. They can barely move. There's a scene in, what was that movie? The King? Where they end up just jumping on them and drowning them in the mud because they can't even lift their bodies up with the armor. So they're like, we don't even really got to fight. We just yeah. go hold y'all down in the mud and drown you. <laughs> yeah. And just, the French are going, what the hell's going on? Like, we had these guys two to one. This should have been an easy one. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. So then they just start sending everybody in, and it turns into this bloodbath right in the middle of this muddy field. Because all of the French army is tired now. Yeah. And they, we've just been pelting. Well, we fuck. So the French army is tired now. And the English has just been pelting them with arrows the whole time, taking advantage of their artillery. Mm hmm. And end up winning the day. They take a ton of prisoners, most of them noblemen. And it's debated on whether he did it as a scare tactic or they took so many prisoners that they were still outnumbered by prisoners. So he executed all the prisoners. Hmm. Bold strategy, Cotton. Bold as shit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he executed all the prisoners. Hmm. Now, what I want to tell you about the longbow was the draw weight on one of those English longbows was 140 pounds, Keith. Damn.
1: 140 pounds. Damn. The bow I shoot is set at 70. Yeah. I, I've shot one set at 85 before, and I yeah. was like, God do to. To put lose. that in perspective,
0: <laughs> imagine having a 140-pound person on a rope, and you pull them up and completely with one arm. Damn. And these guys were firing 15 arrows a minute. Damn. So you are talking about some monsters. And no, I mean, that was the advantage they had, and they played it perfect. Hmm. So why I consider this to be a close call was just because if it hadn't rained, imagine the outcome if they had been fighting on dry ground, and the French Army hadn't been tired.
1: Yeah. They definitely had them with the longbows, but... Uh, that probably would have been able to hold yeah. off the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Just that battle alone took out 40% of the French nobility. Jeez.
1: Yeah. So then, sometimes, mo- moving, yeah. Sometimes you go so, for the
0: gambit, and it works. The battle itself is, is what I was addressing in this tit-for-tat about close calls, But so I'm not leaving you hanging. He went back in 1417 and 1419 and did two more campaigns. Well, almost 50% of their nobility is taken out, so... Not easy wins, I don't think a battle would ever be an easy win, but he was able to go over there and kick ass, Henry V. And um, in that time, the king of France had died, and one of the guys he had made a treaty with, who was known as John the Fearless, the Duke of Burgundy, had taken control. Well, Princess Catherine is still there, so he decides King Henry's going to marry Princess Catherine of France, we're going to unite the kingdoms, all cool. For a while, 100 years war still wasn't over, but for the sake of our story, that's what happened and while Agincourt was... Agincourt... Ugh, you can't say the T. Silent. On the end, mm. Agincourt was so relevant. It was, because it was one of three wars that really led to English taking a lot of France back and causing peace times for a while hmm. between the two. Well,
1: well, not cool. very
0: long. Yeah. Not very long at all. But, yeah, it was a war that shouldn't have been won. Everything was against them, and if it hadn't rained, and if the French hadn't used their cavalry at first and made that decision, they might have whooped their ass. Hmm. So that was one, one that I always like about the... To me, historically, it's one of the best examples of a wartime rope-a-dope. They just let hey, them dude, tire yeah. themselves out in yeah. waves. Yeah. So they used the rope dope We're going to just let y'all come at us. Hit heavy, hit heavy, hit heavy. We're just going to pick you apart. And once you're
1: tired, we swoop in and take it. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So there you go.
1: That's a There's cool one. I like you it. know about Henry V, France, good, and the Battle of Agincourt. Yeah, very good. Like I said, close call one, really. Like, like I said, they really shouldn't have won it, but. I'm happy you let me do some history on this yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Cool one. Yeah, I, I, I got one that I've, I've heard of uh, before, and it was one that I thought was kind of cool. Um, Hit me with it, bro. I don't know if I can go in depth with the same way you just did, because, wow, that was impressive. <laughs> like, wow, I'm sitting sort here of looking at you going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway there to be a
0: story out there that's like, no, he he was not a death. He was he was terrible. <laughs> he he was god awful.
1: It. Oh, but, I'm sure we're probably going to butcher some of this stuff. But hey, yeah, hey, we're not. It's experts. for the sake of entertainment. Experts in nothing. Experts in everything. What? What? <laughs> no, ex- was our tagline, dude. <laughs> 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 experts in nothing talk about everything. Anyway, so this is the uh, the one the one man's death that nearly restarted World War II. So. August eighteenth, August eighteenth, nineteen forty-five. Uh, we had already done uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, so Japan had already surrendered, but not everybody got the memo. Okay. <laughs> And nowadays, you know, yeah, I mean, like now, nowadays, you know, something happens, you see it instantly because it pops yeah. up on your phone and the internet, whatever. But back, you know, back in those days, like, no, people didn't hear about you it. You had to get it from your chain of command that the war was over. Exactly. Somebody radioed it, it still in, some in. Whatever. Guys didn't and it. then there were still pockets of different resistance groups that said, "No, we're going to keep fighting on." You know, whatever. So uh, a general by the name of uh, McCarthy decided. General McCarthy. General McCarthy. Yes. Decided. A general by the name of McCarthy, yeah, yeah. Like, general, McCarthy. general McCarthy, decided he was going to kind of test the you waters never a little stayed. bit. Hey, hey, I'm <laughs> si- <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to let you go, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm, you I'm, went I'm for back a off. Fifteen minute rant. I can't do it for five minutes. Yeah, ladies right. and gentlemen, Keith. Yeah. So anyway, McCarthy decides to kind of test the waters a little bit. So he sends in a couple of bombers to go check it out. So they do a flyover, and his thought is, if they fire back at us. Then we know it's not, the, the truce is not real, that they're still fighting back. They're, you know, being coy about it, whatever. Seems logical. So he sends a group in, nothing happens. So he brings them back and he goes, okay, we're going to test it again. So he sends them back out. And this time they, <laughs> One don't more a- time, they don't attack, but they definitely are taking photos of the bombers that are flying around. Now, in my mind, I would think at this point, we'd be like, okay, we're good. Like, okay, I guess it's on. We've hit him twice. He decided to do it again so we sent them back in. Okay. Fool me so this once, time, fool me twice. <laughs> one of these groups that were like, no, we're going to keep fighting, you know, screw the ceasefire, you know? And so they actually fire bomb. They, they go into a actual battle and a guy by the name of Anthony mascioni And I hope to got. I said that correct.
0: Mascioni.
1: Um, was shut down and killed. And he was the last airman of world war two to die.
0: Cause somebody decided to go for a three. And
1: so, yeah, kind of, bowl kind of, of turkey uh, uh, on these guys. You know, kind of like, uh, maybe kind of poked the bear a little too many times there. Sir, but. one more. Really? Okay. So, here uh, we go. McCarthy sitting back going, okay, they fired upon us. They shot one of the guys down. Uh, another, another pilot was injured. Um, you know, and he's like, oh, oh shit. Like, Maybe it really is still on, and they're, like I said, again, just like they're playing coy with us or whatever. If you keep walking past a kid and every day you throw a rock at him, one of these days he's going to get up and throw a rock back. Exactly. That's kind of my thought on it, but yeah. Now, here's the one thing McCarthy gave him props on was they had a peace meeting the following day, and so he was like, okay, final straw. I'm going to wait. We're going to hit Inst- him again. <laughs> in- instead of <laughs> – Well, he was like, hey, instead of, yeah, just going in and going guns blazing, let's start bombing and going back into it. He He was like, okay, tell you what, we will wait till tomorrow and see if there are people show up to this peace meeting. If they show up, then okay, we're good. This was just some radicals doing their thing. But if they don't show up, hey, war's still on. We're going to go in there. We're going to bomb the shit out of them and we're going to go crazy. So the next day, they show up. And they have their what the tree fuck and are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, that was probably just some radical groups. Like, no, we 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 said ceasefire. Like, we're good. Like, no, we're we're done. We we give up. It, it's all good. And so he's like, oh okay, cool. So it really sucks that this individual died in this way that like really was not needed. Definitely not needed. Unnecessary. But at least the general had you know some kind of inkling of like, hey, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, this really is over, and we should just hold off one more day. And so, if he wouldn't have held off that one more day, if he would have just sent the bombers back in and started bombing and going crazy, it would have reignited World War II. And so, we probably would have had a third atomic bomb. Oh, no. So... As crazy as it was to send the bombers in multiple times to check it out, I don't know that might be To test protocol. the waters, who knows? Maybe, maybe. I mean, we never step
0: my bounds here. I yeah. don't know what. It's like, yeah, we went in to look. What's wrong, Kenneth? Yeah, you know? I mean, we, <laughs> we were went checking in to it take it out. A look. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. But I'm Sorry. Either way,
1: a, another one that was like close call. Like it was this close to totally, totally just reigniting World War II.
0: One more time. Yeah. We're gonna bomb your shit. <laughs> just for good measure. <clears throat> I know yeah. they were just looking, but. You know somebody had to fire some. What? What was that? that? Your cat. I don't own a cat.
1: Guess you do. Oh, it tries to climb on the truck S- with me every time I leave. Gary Irve. <laughs> oh, okay. So I got the one. bears back. I got oh, the bear. Oh no, <laughs> the, bear's the bears back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Getting on a, a lighter note, there was another one that I looked at that I thought was hilarious. This. We got a funny, lighthearted I, one. I, I looked it up. It was on uh, ABQ Journal, Albuquerque. Journal. Nice sight. Okay, and this one Sides was called the Albuquerque Nuclear Broken Arrow. Ooh,
0: broken and arrow. This
1: one made me laugh. I know I probably shouldn't laugh at stuff like some Count certain Travolta things. And
0: Christian Slater.
1: But okay, so anybody that doesn't know, the term broken arrow is a military term for a nuclear weapon that has either been accidentally de- detonated or been lost. Okay. What's really sad is that they have a term for it. <laughs> Contingencies, right? <laughs> it's a nuke, flipping nuke. Listen to this story, and you're gonna go, wait a minute. Like maybe you guys should stop worrying about terms for things and actually start worrying <laughs> about securing the shit.
0: Okay, you've got my
1: attention, <clears throat> so, sir. 1957. 1957. There was a plane transferring uh, this nuclear weapon, and it slips out of the plane. Mm. We have a nuclear bomb. Wait. It's actually a, a warhead on top of a missile. Rewind, and it slips out of the plane. How does anything slip
0: out of a plane, sir? Please I have been on flights. Get off
1: of the nuclear warhead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to say it again. So the nuke slipped out it of the plane. Out of the plane. I don't buy. that I do for not a know minute. the
1: details. If it was in like some clamps on the underneath of it, if it was in the belly of the plane, and S- just uh, slid out the back. Like I, I, I don't know, but yes, mm-mm. it fell out of the fucking plane. <laughs> now we're I'm gonna think- run with it. Okay, I- I'm thinking to myself: if I'm the pilot and I'm just tooting along, I'm just transferring <laughs> some cargo, like no hey. big deal. And I just happen to look over, and it's like, oh, something oh, fell shit. out of the plane. Oh, as long as
0: it's anything besides the nuclear missile, <laughs> we're good, right, guys? <laughs> Y'all, I mean, there are parachutes on here. It could have been a chair, yeah. um, an ice chest. <laughs> Fucking anything, but it wasn't the nuke, right? No, it wasn't the nuke. Sir, we got bad news. It was the nuke. It was the nuke. It fell out. The one goddamn thing that can't fall out of this plane. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) We're so So, fired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it slipped out of the plane. slips out of the plane and (laughs) falls to the ground and it hits and it detonates. It explodes. Well, that's what they do. Yeah, that's what bombs tend to do. Yeah, they tend to explode when they hit. That's the rumor. Now, with all of that bullshit, how stupid that sounded. Like, how, like I mean, did, did they not have, like, a ratchet strap on it? I mean, like, what the hell? Like, something? Like, I mean, I know I've moved some things and been pretty I've questionable. I've never lost a
0: couch out of the back of my truck.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Not once. I'm not going to say never.
1: I, I it mean, we've done it some sketchy ways. We've had, like, hey. And that was with rope, not even ratchet strap. Joe straps. Bob, you're gonna sit in the bed of the truck, and you're just going to hold on to it. And we've done it, and it's worked. Nobody was told to hold on to the nuke? Yeah. Who, where Jimmy, was, Riley, yeah, Frank. <laughs>
0: hold on to that nuke. Make sure it don't slip out of the plane. Yes, sir. We got it. You fucks. You one, one
1: job. job. <laughs> one job. <laughs> it slipped out, sir. It's, uh,
0: it's a slippery nuke. It's greasy <laughs> they, as shit. They, they we were it painting before. it, see. We were going to paint something cool on the side of it. And it caused it to... There was no more friction between the ropes and the nuke. We had ropes on the nuke. Okay, we took the straps off because we needed them. We were, there was we were playing a game, <laughs> and we needed more rope for double dutch. Yeah. And why didn't you use the and, rope? Sir, <sighs> so we weren't thinking. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> nobody was thinking. There was one person. And we left we left Riley to hold on to the nuke yeah, though, like, and he didn't. So it's his he he dropped the ball here. Yeah. The ball being the football. The ball being the nuke. <laughs> So the failsafe
1: failed. Failed. Okay. So, but anyway, so back back to the story. There was one person that actually had some brains. There was one dude when they were loading it up was like, "Hey, since we're just transporting this, why don't we take the nuclear device off the top of it just just for safekeeping. Just like just for safety." Like, it's still kind of on the bomb, but it's not actually attached okay, to it. Let's separate the bomb from the nuke? Yeah, like, okay. I think this guy has flown with this crew before and saw the probability of shit going wrong. I wanna know how many nuclear weapons have been shipped without somebody going, hey, maybe we should detach that fart. That fart. <laughs> Leave it in. Maybe we should detach that part first. Just, just, just say the fart from the boom boom, so we don't have to worry about <laughs> any of this anymore. So it is like okay. So they did actually take the warhead oh, off of the bomb, and so better. it hit, it exploded. They went back later, and they found the nuclear. I, I don't know. It was like a capsule, or how it actually looks. I've never seen the head of a nuclear weapon. I don't know. Um, but know. it was still intact. It had not gone off. <laughs> Which is almost when the as one miraculous. guy that knew to
0: do it. Like walks over to the cabinet that it's sitting in. And it's like guys. Fonzies it open and the door swings open. And he's like, yeah, we're you got yeah, the nuclear warhead yeah. right hey, here. You're but like.
1: there is a sad ending to the story, though. Oh, no. <laughs> unfortunately, there was one casualty. Did a dude slip out of the plane, too? There was a cow underneath where the bomb hit. So, unfortunately, the cow lost its life. Mm-hmm. Poor
0: cow. Well, I'm sorry, PETA, but better a cow than a school? Safe to say.
1: So, anyway... So with at this point in time the entire world is sitting around with their finger on the trigger ready to go <laughs> and we let a nuclear warhead dude, dude, slip out of the fucking plane.
0: Slip out the bags of planes.
1: Yeah. So um. I, I'm pretty sure there were some people that lost their jobs on that one as needed. Well, my confidence is reassured.
0: <laughs> I mean, at least they separated the nuke. Yeah, at least one gal was like, "Hey, maybe I want to read the papers, the debriefing." I wonder if you can request it. Holy shit! You know how you can request stuff that's uh, legally has to be released now? Mm. I wonder if you could be like, "I want."
1: We should just do it just to see.
0: Somebody's breaking into a car across the
1: street. Mm. So yes, that's my that's my funny nuclear weapon story. About
0: as funny as it can be, poor cow.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, poor cow. (laughs) cow.
0: That poor rancher's like, what the. (laughs) <laughs> just walks out into his field. There's a giant crater. crater There's like, cow what parts happened? everywhere. What and he's just to like, my cow? wait, I knew this was going to happen one day. I knew it. <laughs> well, I got a new stock tank.
1: Oh, wow. Out of
0: the deal. Speaking of water, I think we need to take a moment to appreciate the man who is the reason all of us are still standing here.
1: I think we've already talked about a couple of guys that have made sure we're still here, but okay. There's, okay. yeah.
0: There, okay. It's happened. More times than we would like. I want to talk about Vasily Arkhipov. Okay. October 27th, 1962, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. You're aware of the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, Bay of Pigs, all that going on? I think... Uh, me and you... History books. Yeah. Uh, we maybe were, maybe we, not some of the younger people. We were taught um, it in school.
1: I don't know if they're still teaching it in school, but... You know, I don't ever remember actually being taught it in school. Uh, more learning it on my own. Okay. But, anyway... Anyway. anyway, so crazy time, crazy. Yeah,
0: 1962, time. during the Cuban Missile Crisis, there is a B-59 Soviet submarine comes creeping into Cuba. Right? Mm-hmm. gets intercepted by an American destroyer. They start dropping depth charges as a warning, like, "Hey, surface!" They're warning shots. Yeah, initially not is what they are. Yeah, not lethal. Yeah, they're, okay. they're non-lethal. They have about the blast radius of a regular hand grenade. So, so it's not going to do any damage. It just basically hits the thing and goes...
1: It's just a warning of, <laughs> hey, we know you're here. Yeah.
0: We know you're here. Yeah. Come on up. You need to skedaddle. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. The thing is that the Soviet sub doesn't know that this is a non-lethal warning. They think they're being fired upon. Okay. Now, factor in that they had not had contact for days with Russia. Oh. Uh-oh. So they're being fired upon, have had no contact for days. The captain of the ship, Mr. Valentin Savitsky, thinks World War III has broke out up top. So he goes into full panic mode. Well, their protocol for being fired upon was to launch. To launch what, you ask? A nuclear missile. Again, that no here. one knew they were carrying except for
1: Russia. Maybe we should stop letting, letting, letting people in be in charge of nuclear weapons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they keep coming back to nukes. We keep, a lot of this is military. But I guess because that affects everybody.
1: Well, anyway, it also so says th- that it also says that we, maybe, like I said again, we shouldn't be in charge of nuclear <laughs> <laughs> weapons because we we can't we have them slipping out of planes, no, man. <laughs> 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 Come on, like. no, no one should have nukes. It's too much power. Finger, okay, in, finger in right. God. All uh, that. now, I am interrupting you. Okay, I'm sorry. no, go no, ahead. Ahead.
0: please do. So these death charges are going off around him. Captain starts freaking out, and he's like, "Okay, we got to launch. Launch codes. Let's go ahead and fire." In order to do that. He needs the approval of two people. He needs the approval of his political officer and his commander. The commander being Akhapov. The other two say, yeah, hell yeah, let's fire the nuke. Do it. Vasily is like going, wait, something doesn't seem right. Do we really need to fire a nuclear missile? Have we even been damaged at this point? Luckily, he had a good head on his shoulders, and he was looking at everything and going, wait. Where the explosions are happening, they're intentionally missing us. And nothing is causing catastrophic damage. I think these are warning shots. So he vetoes the thing. He says, no, nope, you're not going to get my approval for it.
1: Okay.
0: So and X-nays. he kept to them. He ex-nays the order to fire the nuclear missiles. Thank God. Because if he'd have, if they had fired the nuke and hit one of our ships, the fallout would have probably reached land. Then everybody would have started throwing rocks. Not to mention the, the destruction of you yeah. Know, if if one, the I mean, it's kind of the same way <laughs> yeah. shit still works today somebody fires a nuke, everybody's firing nukes. Yeah. Everybody, again, this is back to that thing where everybody's
1: sitting there with their finger on the button, just waiting. And then it's Operation
0: Scorched Earth. You know what I mean? So we all need to sit back and thank this man, Mr. Vasily Akapov, because he saved us from World War III and nuclear holocaust. Because he had a head on his shoulders while everyone else was losing theirs and said, wait a minute, let's look at what's going on around us. We're not sunk. We haven't been hit. What's going on? They resurfaced. Americans, Russians gave a little tip of the hat of like, okay, cool. They went back to Russia. The scary part about this is we didn't find out until 40 years later when the Americans and the Russians had a conference to come together and kind of talk about Bay of Pigs and all that. And they were like, oh, yeah, that nuke that y'all were trying to scare absolutely had a nuclear missile that was pointed at you. Oh, the sub, yeah, the sub definitely had a nuke in it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And everybody goes, oh, shit, that's how close we were. Happy 40th anniversary. Happy 40th anniversary, everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so. Wow. That man, Mr. Akapop, saved us from nuclear, global nuclear war. I would call that a close call. Uh, One guy was thinking, he's like, you know, I've had, he's probably had kids. Spilt shit, (laughs) you know, blamed it on the dog. And he said, let's look at the facts here before we go hot-headed running into it. So that was a scary one. Anything with nukes is scary. So,
1: in that same vein, in '83. Oh, good year. Uh, the Soviet Union. You know they again. You know everybody's got their their defense. It's so Cold War. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> well, you know again. We were close. Again, people need to uh, war. Uh, yeah. anyway. So the Soviet still had their. You know they had their defense net. American had their defense net. You know blah blah blah, and, and it's sitting there. Monitoring, just waiting to see if anything goes off. Any missiles to detect things it's supposed to be like an early detection system, okay? Right, and and and, and you know, they all had all nations, had. everybody, got it. yeah. Um, some better than others, <laughs> <laughs> some thought they were better than others.
0: Some Dude with binoculars out there going, I think they fired on it, uh, sir. I, I don't
1: see anything today, okay? Yeah, so anyway, so the Soviets' system goes off and it shows that there are five missiles heading their way mm. from the U.S. Yep. I'm starting to sense a problem between us and Russia
0: with <laughs> miscommunication. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It's happened once or twice. Yeah. So well, that's what happened You at know, that times. point when
1: everybody uh, were the two superpowers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so they're sitting there. They see five missiles are on their way from America. And so their protocol is for the guy that is sitting there monitoring the stuff and to see it. Then has to report it to his upper chain of command. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones that make the decision to push the red button and go, wow, we we'll retaliate. We turn the two keys. Yep. We, we do it. And we go, boom. Do you like and how make hand movements while we're talking all the time and no one can see that? I promise we're going to video in the future. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I promise. Don't promise shit you can't deliver us. No, we're we're going to do it. Anyway, <laughs> this man named, and I hope I don't butcher this. I'm going to try my best. Stanislav Petrov. Pretty straightforward. I'm pretty. I think that's right. I think if I'm wrong, okay, kill me. We're Uh, going with uh, it. Anyway, He's the guy that is in there monitoring this, seeing it and going, (laughs) okay, protocol says I'm supposed to call my superiors and go, Hey, we got five missiles inbound. They're attacking us. You guys decide if y'all want to push the big shiny red button and send back a nuke in retaliation.
0: And we go back to the stone age.
1: He sits there and looks at it for a second. And goes. First off, I've everyth- played Galaga. <laughs> everything that I know about what's going on right now says that if we were going to get attacked, why in the world would they send just five instead of sending the whole arsenal? You know, it's a surprise attack, and we're going to send everything we got. No, they're just going to send five. Why? That doesn't make any sense. And also, why are he you was- going to jab when you could throw a hook? Yeah, like uh, that. That's just that's weird. And then he was also like, you know what? This whole system that we're using kind of got brought up really quick and got pushed through chain of command really fast and was like boom, 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 like, yeah, hey, okay, we'll go through. It. Yeah, it's cool, it's fine. And he's like, I think we might just have some faulty equipment. Like, I really think this isn't real. And so he didn't turn it in. Coming to find out, he was absolutely right. He was totally correct. What it ended up being was it was caused by a rare alignment of sunlight and bouncing <laughs>
0: It fucking was, ducks. It
1: was sunlight. Actually, and oh, geese. Actually, crazier than that, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was sunlight bouncing off high altitude clouds that was then interfering with what the satellite could see. So it was science. Yeah. And he was like, I think this is fucked up. This like, is a science this, false alarm. Yeah. He was like, I don't, Nah, no, nah, I don't believe this. Like, no, nah, I don't. Get it. So he never turned it in. A couple of days later. Everything came out. Of course, then he's in there like he was pretty sure, but he wasn't 100% sure. So he was also like, I'm not going to turn this in and hope I don't explode now. Say, the world waited, has been saved on numerous occasions by guys not following the handbook. Yeah, say, exactly. Yeah, no. And so he said he was like, I was never rewarded or reprimanded for everything because one, they weren't going to reward me because that would make all of our scientists look like idiots. Everybody that built mm-hmm. this defense mechanism and everything like that, it's going to make them look terrible. <laughs> like, really? Sunlight screwed it up? Yeah. Like, really? We didn't so, factor that in. So they didn't want to acknowledge the whole thing because they were like, oh, that's going to make everybody look that much worse. But they weren't going to reprimand him. Well, they were recommending him for not following protocol because he saved th- th- earth. the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> him being like, I don't think that's right. Like, wait a minute. that That doesn't sound good. And so yes, so this man actually again probably two for two on guys going. Don't fire the nukes. Yeah, save Earth. What was his name again? Oh man, you can make me say it again. Yes, I do. Stanislav Petrov. It might be Petro. I don't know. I don't know if the V is silent. I I don't know. I don't know if the V is silent in Russian. I I don't know. Mm. But anyway, so again, here we go. Good man. Guys, how how crazy is it to think? But there are so many times that the the world literally, like we're talking like comic book level Just teetered events. on the
0: edge of catastrophe because of
1: miscommunication
0: or faulty information.
1: And one dude, you know, you get people together. What's that old uh, saying about a person is smart? I don't think it's that old. I think it was from Men in Black.
0: <laughs> a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals. And you know
1: it. There you go. Exactly. So we get the person that sits there and goes, nah, that doesn't seem right. Uh, Well, let's hold on. It's so
0: true. Remember, we had one episode where we talked about that herd mentality. It's like if everybody says, like, what's going on? You know, like, yeah, sure. Pick up rocks and throw it at that guy. Why? Because we're all doing it. We're all doing it. Yeah.
1: Okay. You got to have that one wise Jedi master. That thinks outside the box. and doesn't go with conformity. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing about so this both story? Both these guys
0: followed completely against protocol of nothing small. It's not like I didn't, I didn't mop that room. <laughs> you yeah, know, we're about it's nuclear like, war. We're talking <laughs> about firing a nuclear <laughs> missile, and then we got Dumbo's that are dropping nukes, letting them slide out of
1: planes. Yeah, they guys sliding shit a plane. And you know the funny thing about this story is, damn near the exact same thing Let's happened. Turned into the nuclear missile episode. Oh shit! Damn near the exact same thing happened in America three oh. years prior.
0: Do you have the story?
1: So it's a pretty short, uh, easy one. Where literally it was the same thing. Do you have people? We are still here, so it's got to be. People are sitting there, looking at these screens, monitoring, monitoring them, going war games. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. And all of a sudden, it pops up like the screen just lights up. I see something. (laughs) Red alert! And they're like, "Oh shit! They're they're firing on us!" And like they said, it was pure anarchy in this room. Everybody's it's running around trouble like crazy with nukes. going going totally ballistic. People are throwing out orders, people are vetoing orders, they're going crazy, just like, ah, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. And apparently there was like one dude that was like, wait, wait a minute, like let me check the system and make sure like it's not faulty. And they went in there and it was a computer chip that had burned out that just basically made the screen mm. slide up as a failed. And so like again, <laughs> all these people standing around with like fingers on the button, like on the ready to go. Gosh, and moment. somebody goes, Oh wait, no, it's it's our own fault, like it
0: it faltered. I had a buddy, and I don't know if the story's true, but he used to guard missile silos, and I maybe one of them had a nuke, maybe not. I don't know how much was true that he told me. But he did the whole, like, yeah, the two keys have to be turned story mm-hmm. to disarm it every so often. And I was just, like, thinking to myself how fragile this all is put together. Once we were handed the power of nuclear energy, think about it like this. If this was in olden times and it was a commander that gave a order for you to take your cavalry and go flank somebody, you don't second guess it at all. Even if you think it's a bad idea, you 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 execute. Hey, right? Yeah, do are told. Yeah. Now that we've moved into our stories about nuclear weaponry, you find a lot of them where people just said, "No,
1: I'm not going to do that." Yeah, because this is this is its world ending. It's, possibly getting some people killed or maybe even we're going to set half war. of Earth on now fire. Gonna, and... Yeah. Yeah. Radiation
0: poison, the rest of it? Yeah. Because you got hot headed and said, I got to do what Commander told me to do? Yeah.
1: Half everybody's gone, the rest of them have to live through nuclear Fearless wonders. leader? Yeah. Yeah. So S- thank God for those guys that not only have some brains, we got some balls too.
0: Exactly.
1: You know? Wow. Toast to them. Toast me over the table. Yeah. Get a clink.
0: Clink. Ah. Drink a drink. Well, actually, pick that sounded metal.
1: So. Do you have one because it seems like all these were war. Do you have any that's not war related? Well, it's not as long of a story by any stretch
0: of the imagination as we've been doing. <laughs> but um, so we almost lost Neil Armstrong <laughs> before he ever landed on the moon. Oh no. Yeah, close call. Uh, he was flying a test module that was called the Lunar Landing Research Vehicle, the LLRV.
1: I want to party with you, Neil. I want to party with you, Neil.
0: <laughs> I like that LLRV Lunar Landing Research Vehicle. I like, didn't yeah. even think of a cool
1: nickname for it. I don't know. I'm cool with that name. Actually, like,
0: I'd put it that, does roll
1: off the tongue. LLRV. I'd put that like on the front of my truck. but like, this is my LLRV. Bade
0: my Mercedes Benz. The LLRV. Hmm? You can crash one too. <laughs> no, yeah, so. no, no.
1: We're no, we're not crashing anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I've already no, had enough. This of that. story involves <laughs> a crash.
0: So he was in Houston <laughs> ah, uh, testing out this landing module. And lost control of it because of a mechanical malfunction, and he had to eject, right? Mm-hmm. Story, so we almost lost Neil. thing was, he ejected 200 feet off the ground. Oh, shit. 200 feet. Not a long way up to, say, bailout time.
1: Uh, yeah. It's like,
0: shit's gone real wrong. Uh-oh. So then, yeah, we lose Neil Armstrong. Is Buzz the first guy on the moon?
1: History has changed because of one malfunction. <clears throat> hmm. So, I mean, obviously he survived well, it. He survived. It. I mean, he's you. I, I mean, was about so to say yeah. you
0: know the extent of the training those guys have to go through. No, we don't. We don't know no, the extent well, we, astronauts yeah, and women I, have to I, go I know. through. Teeny, teeny little bit. Like, but a they portion. are smart, smart people. But yeah, the fact that he had to eject two hundred feet, two hundred feet is like freaking scary to think about. This is just close enough to die and not a whole lot I've stood on a lot of shit and looked over.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, that's probably like parachute. Boom, slows you down, you hit the ground. it just slows you down just enough to possibly survive. So that's another close call. But, yeah, Neil. Almost Mm -hmm. lost Neil. One of the the figureheads. Everybody knows the name.
1: Malfunction. But I guess that was test pilot risk. Dude, uh, those stories about those test pilots, especially at the early years of NASA. Oh, dude. There's some crazy. Can you imagine being oh. a test pilot in the early days of NASA, when it's like, um, how does this work? Things. And they go, mm. "They're just spitballing." We don't things. know. Yeah, just throwing things like, see if it works. Yep, yep. Crazy. You're the first monkey in the seat, dude. Go. Good luck. Uh, Put your goggles on. You know, I got one that's a uh, that's astrological. No, uh, so mm. astrological uh, it would be interstellar. I guess you'd say. Okay. Another one like I got. Like, um, are we about to talk about sun signs? <laughs> Sorry, wrong. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> You're so a Scorpio. We like to say it, don't we? Anytime you meet somebody, and they're like, I'm a Scorpio. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we know. <laughs> Super fucking cool. I get the reverse of that. I'm a Pisces, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a Pisces. Eh, okay. Anyway, so back to this. Um, so, in 1883, there was an astronomer named Jose Bonnier. Can we call him Beignet? Because those are delicious. <laughs> anyway, this guy is actually uh, on record for some of the earliest uh, UFO sightings and stuff like that. It's actually been like really documented in a way where they go, "Oh shit, oh, that might this be just legit. took a turn." Well, I'm not going to go into the UFO thing, well, okay? But I thought uh, we were dipping a toe in. He was like a big astronomer, like with a Jose lot of different Bonnier. stuff. I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's Bonye. I think we're terrible stick with it. names are Jose Bonye. I like it. Anyway, so in. 1883, he recorded this comet that passed by. And all of his reports were about how beautiful, how huge, how miraculous this thing looked. Illustrious. Yeah. I mean, they were just like, Mm. just went into serious detail about all this stuff. And, you know, back in those days, of course, everyone was like, oh, you saw bright shiny star. Space stuff, man. Cool. Whatever. So they have gone back and researched all of his findings that he did on this comet. And they found, they seriously believe this comet came within 400 miles of Earth. 400,000. 400 miles. There's no. 400 miles. Are you sure? Did you check I the dead on to 400. God. 400 no. miles. How, when, it where's skimmed. the atmosphere sitting at, it man? It skimmed Earth.
0: We just had to stop and fact check some shit. Yeah, man.
1: we would make sure that, you know.
0: <laughs> we weren't miss. Misleading.
1: Yeah. But it is Bonea. Bonea. Bonilla. No, I like Beignet better. Yeah, well, his name is Jose Bonilla. Um, but yes, it did come within four hundred miles of Earth. That means it entered the atmosphere. The atmosphere is six thousand miles. And ricocheted off. Damn. And this was literally a world ender. Like, this was like a kill the dinosaurs type size thing. And it was nobody it, knew. It had broken apart enough. Uh, to where it wasn't quite the size. Didn't of, have the mass to... But still, if any of the main portions would have hit it, yeah, it would have been a world ender or at least a, like a nuclear winter type of thing. Sent uh, us back into the Ice Age? Yeah, back... Yeah, Yeah, one of those Holy type of deals. Holy shit! Nobody else How often in does history, this happen? <laughs> I, I feel like this probably has happened quite a bit, but nobody else noticed this. This one astronomer just happened to be out there. And then we're talking... What did I say? 1883. One guy was out there like, that's a really bright star. <laughs> like, <laughs> saw it and was like, oh, shit. You know, we need to find some oil drillers.
0: And we need to start learning them something about space travel so we can go up there and blow this shit up. That's the contingency.
1: That's the best. You guys are NASA. That's the best you guys can come up with. You guys put a After man on the moon. After we finish our Wile Coyote Roadrunner Thrust Move around
0: the moon. <laughs> Well, hey, man! Coming off the tail end of that, what do you say we do the thing? Do the thing! All right, you ready to do some? Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for search, search engine, engine results. For those of you new to the show or returning, I ask the all-powerful internet a question. Scour the internet to find the answer to this. I'm going to bounce these three random, random answers off of Keith. He's got to guess the correct answer that the internet gave to old Kenny. Are you ready to play sir? Yes sir. All right man, pretty simple straightforward one. How old was Neil Armstrong when he landed on the moon?
1: Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it. No. No. Yes. So, I know he's one of the kind of newer ones of the group, but oh, yeah, okay. Okay. So, here we go. How <laughs> old was Neil Armstrong
0: when he landed on the moon? A. 35. B. 38. C, 42. Hmm. Take a second, mull it over. How old
1: was the great Neil when he walked on the surface of the moon? 35, 38, and 42? A, 35, B, 38, C, 42. Well, I do know that there was a lot of stuff with things getting delayed, pushed back, Changing in, uh, in personnel, in, in, yeah, the crew and stuff like that. But like I, said, I do know Neil was kind of one of those that was kind of late to the party with a last lot of minute stuff. edition. Um, wasn't the last minute, but uh, there was there was different other things moving parts, and they can't kind of kept going back and forth, moving things around. Where like Buzz had been in there for a little while and and stuff like that. Um. So I I think I'm gonna go with thirty eight. I'll go middle road. Boy, you got
0: it. 38 years old. You hit the nail on the head. Boom. Neil Armstrong was 38 years old when he landed on the moon. There you go. Now, we have talked about doing an episode in the future about unsung heroes. Mm Mm-hmm. And everybody knows the name Buzz Aldrin. Everybody knows Neil Armstrong. Yep. Who was the pilot again?
1: Michael Collins.
0: Michael Collins, that's right. I think yes. he
1: just recently passed, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. Uh, and yeah. he flew the command module around the moon while Buzz and uh, Armstrong did their thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I definitely uh, we are definitely going to do a uh, unsung hero yeah, I thing. Don't,
0: I don't want to get too in depth with it because you're the one that brought that to the table and said so people need to know Michael Collins yeah. just as much as they do Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong because what he was able to accomplish in that mission. Yeah.
1: I mean he. He flew them there. He, he was the driver. There. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he that, yeah. picked them up. I'll, I mean. So, yeah. So, yeah. we're definitely going to do one on that uh, in the near future. Uh, getting ready. Uh, I think we've only got one more episode left. Before after we this end wedding, the season. And then we're going to end this season. Uh, but we're looking for some, some really cool things in the future. Uh, hopefully, we're going to start having some guests. Hopefully, we're going to start doing a, a new segment. Uh, in the future, that's going to be called Random on the Road. Season two of the Random Man going to be crazy. Yep, cray cray. And we're going to do some really cool things. Uh, but yeah, let's save that one. We'll save Michael Collins. Save Michael Collins. I know he's been in is. your in your hip pocket for yeah, a minute. Yeah. So well, do you have one more close call? I do to go have her with us. I do have one last one, and it was the solar flare of 2012. Ooh, so it's pretty pretty recent. Pretty recent. Know? And Tell me how close we came, bro. It, it kind of went by the wayside. I mean, really, I, I think people didn't even realize how close we came to straight-up catastrophe. Like, I mean, something so bad. In the bad.
0: past 20 years, a lot just down here. Not yeah. even talking about True.
1: celestial beings. We've, it's, it's not a, a nuclear a, it's, missile. <laughs> it's been a shit show the past 20 years. Yeah, yeah. How, every decade, I think, like, how did we get out of that decade? Next, one, I'm like. Oh, I feel how like I identify with the old fogies
0: now, where I just keep looking back, back in back when times were simpler. Pepperidge Shit.
1: Farms. I think we're at that point, at the point now where I don't <laughs> think any time was simple. <laughs> Shit. Jeez. Granted, we are living in the best time in history, as far as being
0: prosperous and war, and you can feed your family. And I mean, a lot of people don't feel that way. I understand that, but in the grand spectrum of how history has gone. You don't have to be
1: afraid of being raided by Mongols in your sleep. True. So, this thing with a solar flare, though. Okay. Thanks when was the last time out. you woke up to this either your, your cell phone didn't wake you up or alarm clock? Uh, your kids didn't watch TV or an iPad. Um, you didn't drive. You know, some people drive an electric vehicle or even some vehicles are gas powered. They're still controlled and maintained by electrical objects ah, that are set about, in there when was the last time i lived in a time when
0: you my life wasn't nothing,
1: affected by electronics anything electronic oh probably
0: anything. never
1: never we've never lived in we've that. always had electronics yeah we've lives. never lived in that i mean even us when we were kids uh mid 80s we had electricity yeah we had electricity <laughs> and we had tv and we had other things like that why do i feel
0: like you're heading in the direction of an emp brother
1: An electromagnetic
0: pulse that takes—I used to warn people about this shit. I'd be like, "All it takes is an EMP, and we're thrown back into hunting, gathering."
1: And that's exactly take away our electricity. What almost happened in 2012? There was electrical or a uh, solar flare that happened on the sun that was so great that if it would have hit Earth. It would have put us back into like the 1700s. It would have put us so far back. It would have just taken away our electricity. Everything electronic that you can possibly think of, Mm. it would have been gone. So no more grocery stores, no more vehicles. Absolutely no more internet. No No, more, I mean, it's. No that stuff. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing like that. We would have gone back to old school days. We were one week off from missing it. If it would have happened From it hitting us directly? If it would have hit a week earlier, it would have been a direct hit to Earth, and we would have lost everything. Damn. Like, yeah, that close.
0: Spooky.
1: Yeah. And now, here's the thing you got to think about. Okay, we were hopefully wrapping up this whole thing with the pandemic and getting out of the COVID thing. We're getting close. But look at how much crazy crap has happened during this time. Uh, you look back at with some people of, not knowing how to react and acting like fools. You look at back at some of the other things, like think about whenever we talked about uh, here a couple episodes back, uh, when the Texas freeze, right? And people yeah. were losing electricity, losing power and stuff, oh yeah, and everyone Going was freaking out or two without electricity, yeah. And how? And we're talking about one state. Oh, and water being pumped to your house, which yeah. is done with the help of electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis and the so Lightning y- Bug. You really think about <laughs> Don't go, playing <laughs> go play in the Power Lines. Don't go play in Power Lines. Go play So you think about these things and how much that affected everybody. So now the entire world loses everything electronic in an mm. instant. Like that. Oh man. Purged into complete chaos. Think about all the, the shipping
0: contain like the shipping on the ocean that would just be like out there and then it's just blackout. No navigation, no anything. You got dude out there with binoculars and stars on a piece of paper trying to be like, I don't know where we're at, sir.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Driving down the road. Driving down the and, road. And your car, car just, goes, shuts just shuts off. Boom, <laughs> just shuts off. Chips fried. Bye. Yeah. Everything shuts down. The catastrophe.
1: Oh, yeah. There's so many Ooh, aspects. These are so scary. So many aspects Ooh. of it. And so to think we were one week away from that. That it could have shut everything on the planet down. Everything would have come to a screeching halt immediately. We missed it by seven days. And you know the scary thing is? That still happened at any time. Any moment. Any time. Last time I checked, the sun was still there. <laughs> yeah, the sun still can do Acting whatever wacky, it wants to do. <laughs>
0: Getting madder. <laughs> yeah. Every day. So, yeah. It's madder?
1: It's matter? More mad? What's matter? More mad. It's a matter of fact. So... Yeah. Um, it's an angry, it's an angry star. I'm not saying, like, everybody doomsday prep or but anything like that, but uh, maybe, maybe you should kind of consider it a little bit. Maybe you should put your phone down for a minute. Maybe you should turn the TV off and just go, hey, what would I do if I didn't have this? And just go think about it for a second. We used to have friends over, and a funny thing to
0: make fun of me for was my bug-out bag where I had, like, <laughs> antibiotics in there <laughs> yeah. and ibuprofen hey, and I all made this stuff to survive. Twice. Like, I have a bug-out bag that I am... Damn confident that I could take this family out and survive for two weeks out of that bag, and that was my whole selling point on the whole thing. Was like, y'all don't realize just the loss of electricity. I'm not talking about a catastrophe like a volcano going off or zombie apocalypse or anything. I'm saying just losing electricity and shipping, uh, shutting down shipping and receiving. How that is going to send everything? Like everybody will be cool for about four days.
1: Wow! Well, and be then that long. when people's mm.
0: Kids start going hungry. They're gonna start whacking you with a crowbar to get a can of beans out of your cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, solar flare. Ooh. Yep. Another close call. Another close call. So y'all be prepping.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. I
0: don't know shit should, about man. any of the preppers, mm-hmm. man. As as wacky as they look when you watch them on TV, and there's some of them that are just over the top. It seems over the top until shit goes down. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. that, a solar flare. Well, that wasn't anything
1: done by human beings. That was just. Think about just some of the stuff the we've sun did it to us. seen in the last couple of years. You know, we had, of course, uh, of course, obviously COVID. Um, of course, we've already talked about, like, the Texas freeze. You know, we're in we yeah. a whole week without things. But, I mean, think about, like, uh, when. I don't remember if we talked about this on an episode or not. But remember when the apartments down the road caught yes, fire. we might and, have. And it knocked out all of our stuff. It knocked out all the electricity. Yep. For our sector. And that was just uh, like a, not even 24 hours. That was like 18 hours or something like mm-hmm. that, but knocked everything out. And how crazy it was. People were out in the street going, can I, can I charge my phone in your car? I, I don't know, what to, do. I don't know like, what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. I can't cook anything.
0: And it's like, you don't know how to make a fire? You don't know how to take a pot to the backyard and put
1: some beans in it yeah. and cook it over a yeah. fire? Yeah. Human being? Can, can you take two sticks and rub them together? Because I can. Like, what? Why? Why? Like I wouldn't go in that in depth because you but got lots of shit that can blow up in your house. So take it outside and blow it up. up. I mean, I'm pretty sure every fire. household has some kind of lighter of some yeah. kind. You know, whether it be a cigarette lighter or a little propane Everybody on or this something blog
0: like... has a grill that has a push start button. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're acting on, like... like
1: they don't know how to feed their family. Yeah. Come on, but that's that's the thing. Like people lose their minds with this kind of stuff. They and, do, and it goes back to the same thing we talked about earlier. Any variance have... in the norm. Where you have the mass loses it, doesn't know what to do, and you have a few single... Humans are intelligent, a person know. is intelligent, people are panicky, yeah. stupid And so creatures. you have a few people that are like, wait, whoa, whoa, slow your roll. Like We got this, we'll be all right, like, chill. Like, people made it for thousands of years without any of this crap. Like, mm. just because your phone died, it's not the end of the world. Like, chill. <laughs> it's cool. We got it. Okay? Okay. But okay. Gam Gam... <laughs> what does she need to ride I can't Facetime somebody. my Snapchat. Oh yeah. my, uh, no, that's that that's cool. no
0: fuels pumping. Yeah, oh, hmm? um, yeah. we're getting conspiracy, man. Oh yeah,
1: we're really not though, because it's not a conspiracy. It's the sun. The sun did this to us. Yeah, the thing that keeps us good and right and everything's fine you and wonderful. You
0: made us.
1: <laughs> when he gets pissed off and decides he wants to do something, man, we better uh, be ready to deal with it. Mm. So mass hysteria cats and dogs living together bro been another fun one yep yeah that was a fun one yep I that it. a good one we ran kind of long today yeah this was a yeah
0: we had a lot of stuff to talk about we want to thank all <laughs> y'all for joining us out there in listener land be sure and hit us up in the comments let us know if you like what we're doing and what you'd like for us to talk about on further episodes of the random men until next time i'm kenneth i'm keith y'all be sure and look both ways